Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 31, April 26, 2021. Officially three days away um, from the NFL Draft 2021. Um, and that being said, we got a mock draft Monday. The whole episode, just a mock. Um, honestly, don't know if we're going to do top 32 or top 10, just because... I mean, the top 32, it's, it's every pick doesn't matter, I guess. But, like, top 10 is just something that it's different, though. Because the top 10 are, like, guys who are supposed to be, you're not supposed to be, but Hall of Fame potential. I mean, we see it time and time again. There's, like, three, four Hall of Famers in each draft, usually. Typically around, like, tw- like 12 to 15 Pro Bowlers. So, these guys should typically, at least half of them should pan out to be very uh, solid stars in the NFL. So, without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, we begin today's episode with the Jacksonville Jaguars' first overall pick, obviously, in our mock draft. Um, This is a no-brainer, Frank. Um, The Jaguars will select Trevor Lawrence. There is no question in my mind, no doubt about it. Um, This guy's a generational talent. The The reason why Urban Meyer came out of retirement to become the Jacksonville Jaguars' head coach, um, for me, this is pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I've said this before. I said it in the last episode. He's been the first round pick since his he was an eighth grader. Uh, impressive. And, you know, he's kept that resume up the entire time. I think he only lost three games in his whole career at Clemson. He's probably going to lose a lot more than three games this year with the Jaguars. But the guy's an absolute winner. He's a generational talent. He was on the same level as Andrew Luck and John Elway coming out of college. Um, the kid's going to be a great pro. You know, kind of helped them out a little bit in the offseason. They, they added Marvin Jones on the offensive side of the ball last year with LaVishka Sheenal in the draft. The Jags offense is looking pretty solid. James Robinson panned out to be excellent. You're going to throw him in there. They're going to go from a one-win team to, I'd say, at least a six, seven-win team this year just because of his impact and solely how good he is as a quarterback. Yeah, no no doubt about it. But the thing with Jacksonville is that um, – I think a lot has been made about their situation, right? So is, is Trevor Lawrence really coming into a good situation? I would say it's an overrated situation, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's mediocre at best. But another thing that I want to I would say it's it, below average, though. Th- this is the thing, though, Ben. They have a ton of draft capital. Okay. Yeah, so no, they do. Jaguars are about smart it. about this. They don't worry about defense later. Let's surround our rookie quarterback with the most possible weapons, most the best protection possible to succeed. Let's spend our other first round pick on an offensive lineman. Let's spend our second round pick on an offensive lineman or another playmaker. Let's spend it on a tight end, a wide receiver. Let's give Trevor Lawrence the most possible weapons and protection to succeed. And that's what they can do. They have another first round pick. I, I would assume I think they're going to go left tackle or right tackle or even interior offensive line. I think that they can use an edge as well, but we can worry about that later, like I said. And then they got a couple second round picks. So I, I think that Lawrence is in a decent situation. It's not the best receiving core, but it's certainly solid. They got a top 12 running back. He's pretty solid. He's very young. So I think that they're going to be in a good situation. And I think that Trevor Lawrence eventually will be a top 10 quarterback. And he will be a guy that will have you at a minimum nine wins a year just because of how good he is. Ooh, man, that's that's a tall order. I think nine wins minimum a year. He's I mean, only for a couple of guys. And yeah, but think about it. It was like Drew Brees. Drew Brees had that even. With I mean, Deshaun Watson couldn't even do that oh yeah I mean they, they, they really didn't start playing towards the second half of the year but a lot of guys did I mean Aaron Rodgers in his worst years did Drew Brees in his worst years did well, I correct you Aaron Rodgers won six games at one year um in 26 nine and one in yeah, but the year he, he was fully healthy no, he was fully healthy that year played 16 games it was the year before they got Matt LaFleur yeah but most Ben like most of the time they're winning nine games well, same thing I just disagree with that notion I think 
I think any quarter, like for example, Drew Brees in New Orleans, they had a couple six win seasons between the two, between the Super Bowl team. Okay, but they had a historically bad. They, they had a thirty second ranked defense. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The quarterback just can't make a team. It's not like LeBron. It's not like you throw like LeBron. Like LeBron or like a superstar in the NBA has way more of an impact than a quarterback does because quarterback can't just single handedly make you a nine win team. Yeah, but the quarterback's gonna dictate whether or not you win a Super Bowl, and I think that As is. Is, I mean, is LeBron or Katie not? I mean, I think so too, but yeah, I mean, I think a quarterback though, they like Mahomes, for example, Mahomes could be a five win, five and 11 guy on, on a team, even if he's starting, if he has like a Watson scenario. I disagree now. I, I think that Mahomes at a minimum would get seven wins. I think at a minimum. So put put him on the put him on the, the Watson Texans. Does he get six? I think he gets six wins, probably like six wins. I think he gets, I think he gets seven, eight wins. Eight. What about the Jaguars last year? You put Mahomes in the, the Jaguars last year, the one in fifteen Jags. Six and seven, six or seven wins. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's interesting. But after I saw Watson win four games, it changed my mind. After I saw A-Rod win six games, it changed my mod mind. I think it's tough, man. I think people underestimate like um how much more you need around the quarterback. You All need right. a lot more. So let's say this then. You think he's gonna be in the Herbert conversation we're having right now, just sitting outside of the top ten in the first season that Lawrence plays? I think that I think that he I think that he will. I think that he will. I think I think there's no reason to not believe that because Andrew Luck came out of college or came out of college yet in the NFL and he lit it up his first year. John Elway, same thing. The guys who are labeled generational talents usually are pro ready. They come out of the gate at a Pro Bowl level right away. And the Jaguars can turn it around real quickly, like I said, with the draft capital. They also still have a ton of cap space. And you're getting this stud quarterback. You you could really realistically see this team be a playoff team maybe a year or two down the line. I don't know. I don't I don't like to say that though, because there's a lot of things that have to go right for that to happen. Oh, definitely. And let's not remember they have the assets in the in the cap space to do that. And let's remember, they could be a playoff team for all we know this season. Who know? Yeah, who knows? Like the NFL is so weird, what to predict like like how good a team's gonna be down the line, and they, they could be really good this year and then be really bad next year, and it just like it just because like it's just how it works. It's weird that at one score games, the NFL you see it all the time where teams will have a year where they go seven and one in one score games. The following year they go one and seven in, in one score games, and they they flip six wins just like that. Yeah, I mean, I I just talked about how a team has a ton of cap space and draft capital. And the team with the number two overall pick that will also be selecting a quarterback is in a very similar situation. The New York Jets, who are locked in, and Zach Wilson at number two overall. Um, kind of got up the draft boards last year, like Joe Burrow was considered a fifth-round pick, really, before this. I think he was ranked on some list I saw. He was QB 39 or 49 out of all the college football quarterbacks going wow. into the season. And now he is the consensus number two overall pick for the New York Jets. Um, mm. You know, Chris Sims has him ranked number one. A lot of people have him ranked number four. A lot of people have him ranked number two. He's all over. But what do you what do you think about this? Oh man, I don't know. I don't see. I'm not the type of guy to bash a rookie quarterback. I will never bash a player who hasn't played a, a snap yet. But the thing about Wilson is that, look, I mean, for all we know, he could be good, right? He could be great actually. For it's just that I don't like to guess how good the quarterback's gonna be. Instead, what I like to do is just just what's the situation going to be like? And if he's a Mahomes caliber player, obviously he'll be the guy to break the Jets curse. No doubt about it. I mean, there's not even a question about that. If he's a Watson guy, same thing. If you're that top five quarterback, you will break the curse of anything. The Jets do have a better situation like that. I think most people are portraying. You're right. They do. 
I oh. think that they have a ton of draft capital. I think that the coaching staff is competent. I, I think that the Jets are heading in the right direction. So I think that this isn't the, the bad situation that people are painting out to be. I think this simul- situation, to be honest with you, is pretty similar to Jacksonville's. And you could call me biased for saying that. I'm a I think I think it's the same as I, but I, I think, think it's, it's around the same. I think it's about the about the same as Jacksonville. Um, no real stars, some solid skill position players. Uh, it's a revamped new coaching staff who a lot of people believe in uh, more. Both teams have a ton of cap space. Both teams have a ton of draft capital, and they're restarting at the corner. Well, my hot, my hot take about the Jets is serious. I think their offense will be really bad, but I think their defense will be really good. I think that they might have the a top defense five. last top year. Defense. The defense last year was really good if you watched them play. And the only reason why they got a lot of points is because they were, they were on the field for so long. Yeah. And the thing about the Robert, and then Robert Sala, you add Robert Sala, who's a guy who's a floor raiser on the defensive um, side of the ball. He raises, you know, the floor of a defense. Like he, you're going to get, you're going to get CJ Mosley back. You're going to add Carl Lawson, who's a really very underrated edge rusher. Could add Richard Sherman potentially. I mean, who knows how that's going to work out? But you could add him. The Jets are looking at a defense that could be top five bound. Not, t- I mean, it's tough to label that, but they, they're, they're a candidate to be a breakout defense, though, because you 100%. see it every year. They're a candidate for yeah. sure. And I think that that'll help Zach. That'll help Zach a ton. But I really think, though, like I said, I spoke on this about the Jaguars. The Jets are another team. They have another first round pick. They have one second. They have two thirds. They have a ton of draft capital. Spend the draft capital on offense. Worry about everything else later. Worry about the defense later, because Robert Sala is going to elevate the talent of the guys that they have on the roster on the defensive end, regardless. He did that with the 49ers. We saw how many injuries they had. They were still number one in red zone defense, still a top 10 defense. Go get this guy some help. Go get him a running back, maybe. Go get him another receiver. Go get him a tight end. Go get him help on the offensive line. Give this guy every single thing in his power to succeed, just like I said with Trevor Lawrence, and I think that they could do it. Yeah, I think Wilson will – See, the funny thing is that the, and I, th- I say this about a lot of teams in the draft when you're drafting this high and a, a quarterback in particular. The Jets are in a scenario where, like Jacksonville where, I mean, they could hypothetically make the playoffs next year. They could. Yeah. I mean, they, but that see, that's – I think for the offense, though, the Jets, for them to be a successful offense next year, I think Zach Wilson is going to need to perform like a Justin Herbert. I see that the receiving core is overrated. I believe that strongly. Denzel Mims is not a number two as of right now. As of right now, I don't. He couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't. He really couldn't stay healthy. And Corey Davis is he a number one? That's yet to be found out as as a sole option. That's yet to be found. He has untapped potential, of course. But as of right now, I would say I would lean towards he doesn't. He's not number one. I, I did just see something that says the Jets really want to focus on wide receiver, and they are possibly considering a wide receiver with the twenty third overall pick. So that could be that could be something that's big. And I also saw something that, the, you know, like I said, the Jets have a ton of draft capital. And there's a lot of teams possibly that want to move outside of the top 10. What if the Jets pair up possibly the 23rd pick and a first rounder from next year and move back into the top 10 and select a guy like Panay Sewell or Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? You never know what could happen. If they're really firm on believing, let's get this offense to su- and let's get Zach Wilson the best situation possible to succeed. Why not do that? Yep, I agree. All right, so number three, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, we have them um, – well, actually, I can't speak for Frank. I have them selecting uh, Mac Jones. Obviously, the rumors have been between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, after Ian Rappaport tweeted that Justin Fields is no longer on the radar of the 49ers. So it's between those two guys. Those guys, like Ian Rappaport, 
like Adam Schefter, like Vosian basketball, like Shams, like those guys, they don't tweet any bullshit. They their tweets when they say <laughs> sources say they that, that means it's actually official already. Like they yeah. official. So they're not getting Justin Fields. It's over with. And who knows? It could be it could be Jones. Apparently, people are saying that the Shanahan wants Jones. The, the county staff yeah. wants uh, Lance, which is interesting to see yeah. who wins this battle. Um, and that's what it's going to come down to. So who you think the personnel staff wins the battle? Yeah, I have them selecting Trey Lance. And I think that reason why is because Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this roster. And I think that Mac Jones is a very similar player to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think his floor is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think his ceiling could be Matt Ryan. And I think that Trey Lance could have the ceiling of potentially a guy like Josh Allen. And I think his floor could be really bad. Um, our guy Sam from PS Power Hour wrote an article saying that he thinks his floor could be Emmanuel, uh, EJ Emanuel or possibly Paxton Lynch. He could have a really low floor. And I agree with that. But I think since you still have Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster, let Jimmy G play this year. Let Trey Lance sit a little bit. You know, Jimmy G doesn't play that well. Get Trey Lance some game time then. But let Trey Lance sit. Let him work on his accuracy issues. Let him work on his mechanics and let him sit and learn that Kyle Shanahan offense. And I think that he could be a game breaker. And I think that's a risk that the 49ers should take. You moved up, you traded up nine picks and assets in the future to move up and get a quarterback that you really like. And I think you might as well take a chance. I don't really think that Mac Jones makes you that much better than you are with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that Trey Lance at full potential can make you a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, no, no. You bring up actually a great point, a fantastic point that um, drafting a developmental quarterback with Jimmy G already there could be a move. The way I see it is that you're moving up nine spots. The sad reality is that when you're moving up that much, especially from like 12 to three, it's not like it's like 21 to 12. You're, you're basically, they're basically saying that the guys that have to be a starter this year, sometime this yeah. year. And th- th- that is true because you moved up nine slots. You didn't move up nine slots. If you wanted to start Jimmy Garoppolo coming into it. So you could also look at it that way that they moved up nine slots. They're, they're sick and tired of Jimmy G and that I mean, the guy was, maybe Trey Lance is the guy who starts week one. I mean, who am I to say he's not, he could be, you know, I don't know, but I, I think, I I have Mac Jones because I think Kyle Shanahan wants it. And I think they'll listen to Kyle Shanahan. Now, I could be wrong, but I think he has more power in the building. I think he's more leverage. He's obviously done more. Um, I mean, he's one of the faces of the organization at this point. And he's shown results. I mean, the guy's shown more than results. He's fantastic. He made Jimmy G. You know, he took Jimmy G all the way to the Super Bowl. So if and- he sees Mac Jones as a guy who can come in and be this 20-year starter for the Niners, man, like, you know, go for it, man. Like, I, I really just don't have anything to say. I don't hate on him. I think, you know, if he thinks it's a good pick, yeah, then I the think, Niners fans should be on board. They shouldn't I be think, mad. I think John Lynch, like you said, should put the ball in Kyle Shanahan's uh, hands. And I think that Kyle Shanahan will ultimately end up getting the right guy. And we talked about this off the podcast, just personally, like normal. We think that whoever the Niners end up with could be the best quarterback in this draft class. And we would think that they have a 95% chance to not bust just because of how good the situation that well, they won't bust. I think there's a pretty solid chance because they'll in the bus meaning, if you don't know, it's technically the meaning of a bus is not to get a second contract in the NFL as a, as a quarterback. Cause 50% of NFL QBs drafted in the first round do not get a second contract. Interesting. 50%. So a lot of bus, I could say it, it does. And, and think about it. Dwayne Haskins got a second contract. They're pe- people don't think about it. 50% don't even get a second contract. Risky technically got a second contract just with a different team. So it's crazy. So, um, yeah, Mac Jones, definitely the guy. We'll move on or to number not four. To <laughs> not definitely. Um, I have the Falcons uh, selecting Kyle Pitts. I uh, do too. I just don't know, though. I, I, I have this because we don't have trades. I personally think yes. that – I said this before. 
Um, I think that come draft night that the three quarterbacks will go, like we said, one, two, and three, whatever, whoever it is at three, but one and two are locks. And ultimately, if a team really likes to guy at number four, I think Atlanta's in a position where they would want to move down. And I think a team like New England, the Washington football team, possibly the Chicago Bears, will move up and select the quarterback. And I think that it makes a lot of sense for the Falcons to move down. They still have some holes on defense. They don't really know which direction they want to go in. But if there is a guy and a quarterback that they like at number four or Kyle Pitts to potentially replace Julio Jones or Jamar Chase, that they could stay there. So if they're staying there, I have them selecting Pitts. But I think that they won't be drafting there come Thursday. Yeah, I think that um, they're the Julio Jones trade. Like I had, so I made this matchup last night. Kyle Pitts, um, I had going number four. I changed my mind on it because Julio, the Julio Jones rumors suggested to me that they're rebuilding, and that they're probably, That's and that they're going to either trade back or draft a quarterback. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think Justin Fields would be the guy then at number four. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is a guy. I think I think it is maybe Trey Lance because Matt Ryan does have two years on the contract, and you're thinking if he does not go to the San Francisco 49ers, do they look to be the guy who lets him sit for a year or two? Yeah. So it's just interesting. Um, number five is obviously the debate between uh, Panay, Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase. I think Frank has um, the Bengals and uh, Jamar Chase. I have the Bengals and Panay Sewell. Now, uh, uh, t- uh, the reason why I have them going Sewell is because a, a tweet came out um, saying Joe Burrow trust the Bengals um, pick. They trust the Bengals. He trusts the Bengals to pick the right guy between Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell. Joe, remember, Joe Burrow is the reason why, the only reason why the Bengals are even rumored to be drafting Jamar Chase. If it weren't for him, this would be Panay Sewell all along. And that, to me, they had, that. I mean, that, that quote tells me that they had a private conversation and the Bengals were like, Joe, you have to be protected, Joe. Look at the scar on your knee, Joe. Look at the scar on your knee. Look at the scar on your knee and tell me that we don't need an offensive lineman for you. And I think he's like, okay, I trust you guys. And that's what the, that's what I left off on. And that's what they're getting Panay Sewell. Okay. And to me, I, I see it the other way. I see this is the first quarterback that Cincinnati has really liked and a guy that actually wants to be there. Um, and I don't know if he wants to be there. <laughs> I don't know. He's from Ohio, you know, but he's the franchise guy. This is the first guy that they've had under their belt. This is the first guy that I really think could be a hit. And I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I'm actually wearing a Joe Burrow shirt right now from LSU. Um, but I think that he wants Chase. Let's give the guy, our franchise guy, what he wants. Let's leave it up to him. He's here. He's our franchise guy going forward. Let's give him his best college receiver that he had when he threw 56 touchdowns and the guy was off the charts. Let's give him Jamar Chase at number five. And like I said, it might not be the right pick, but it's, I think, ultimately what they're going to end up doing. Mm, that's fair. I think that's, that's for sure fair, but I think that – that storyline adds up, though, I still think. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see Jathlin, of course. Yeah, definitely. And, and then, then number, number six. You know, you're number six. I mean, this is ultimately just a flip-flop for us. I have Panay Sewell going here, number six, and Ben has Jamar Chase. I think ultimately it would be the same thing on draft night. Whatever the Bengals do on draft night, that the Dolphins will counter with it. Another guy that could be in play is Kyle Pitts, if he's still there, who I could say possibly might still be there if the Falcons trade out at number four or sit there and select him. So Pitts might be there at six. Someone also might be uh, that we might consider, but I think Chase or Sewell ultimately is going to be the pick for Miami. I think that Sewell for me would make sense. The guy's a generation, generational offensive line talent. You added Will Fuller and Fiancy at the wide receiver position, so he's fine there. Well, 
Like you said, Will Fuller is not a number one receiver. No, and Devontae Parker's not either. But a lot of teams don't have number ones. A lot of teams like having... Jamar Chase is the perfect guy for for Miami. And, or I think Kyle Pitts, because I actually believe that Justin Fields will go number four to Atlanta. So, or what we'll, we'll the see on I think the Atlanta, the more and more I think about it, I think Atlanta goes quarterback or yeah, back. I'm starting to lean that way too. Or now we'll stick with Pitts. I'll, I'll stick with my mock draft that I had originally. So number six, I have Jamar Chase. And I think Miami needs to give two and no excuses to not succeed next year. They need to give him everything, the power to be a, a good quarterback in this league, to be a successful quarterback in this league. So give him Jamar Chase, then give him an offensive lineman in the later pick. Yeah, and then they give him no excuses. Yeah. You have the 18th pick as well. Like you said. So it's another situation. We talked about it with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, a lot of draft capital want to put your rookie in the best situation to succeed. And Miami could do the same thing here with six and 18 and two attack of Iloa and really see what he's about. Okay. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. So now number seven, let's talk about the Detroit lions. I mean, this is tough. Um, I actually saw something saying that the lions have been fielding rumors and the Carolina Panthers as well. Both sit at seven and eight. We talked about a lot of teams earlier, the Patriots, the football team, Bears, et cetera, wanting to move up for quarterbacks. The Lions, they're a shit franchise. They have so many holes. They could definitely use more draft picks and more draft capital and move down. But I have them ultimately staying here because we don't have trades and selecting Jalen Waddle from Alabama. I think it'll ultimately be Waddle or Smith if they stay here. They don't have a wide receiver, number one. They have Tyra Williams and Brashad Perriman on the roster right now, wide receiver. They don't have a playmaker. So I think that Waddle or Smith would be the play here if they stay. But ultimately, I don't know if they're going to be picking here on draft night. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. They they only have six picks, I believe, in the draft this year. So I think the goal for a rebuilding team is to stockpile as much assets as humanly possible. And that would be trading down um, either with New England, um, Washington football team, could be the Chicago Bears, but inner division trades really don't happen. So I don't really see but that. Could also be a team like Arizona who wants to move up for a weapon. So it could be. We've heard that we've heard that from Peter Schrager. Um, so a lot of things. I, I think Jalen Waddle, if they do stay there, is the pick because you know they don't have it. Dude, their best receiver, who's like who is their best receiver right now? Aaron Williams. Like that, that is he's a re- receiver two at best, probably receiver three. So that, that is just that doesn't cut it. So you have to you have to draft a receiver, even if you trade backs at to 16, you have to draft the receiver at 16 then. Definitely. So our, our number eight. Um, is where the Carolina Panthers um, will be picking out, at least we think for now. Obviously, they're also rumored to trade back with the Lions. So um, it's it's interesting. They could be trading back with the New England Patriots, with the Chicago Bears, with the Washington football team, or they could be selecting a guy like Rashawn Slater, an offensive tackle who they desperately need. Obviously, Carolina, look at them, DJ Moore, David Moore, um, and Robbie Anderson – they have a pretty, um, you know, competent receiving core. I would say a very good receiving core. And then you look at the defense. They wasted all their draft picks last year on their defense. All, all their picks. I think it was like ten picks total, all on the defense. And a lot so, of those guys panned out. A lot of those they, guys, and, like, like you said, they, a lot of them panned out. A lot. They the player development was outstanding by Carolina. So Rashawn Slater seems like the best possible fit right here. They desperately need a left tackle, and he's the guy for them. I think at eight clearly. Yeah, I have the same thing here. Like I said, it's it, it might not be the flashy pick, but it's the right pick. Picking Rashawn Slater here, you invested in Sam Darnold. You didn't give him the fifth-year option, though. That's what I want to talk about. You didn't give Sam the fifth-year option yet, and mm-hmm. you haven't extended him. 
So I think that there is possibly a play that Carolina takes a quarterback here. Um, their owner is very aggressive. Matt Rule is a very aggressive guy. He knows a lot about the college guys. If there is a quarterback that they like here at number eight, do not be surprised if they take them. So I would say I, I don't have fields picked yet. So I would say fields here, but I, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's fields here, but I think Slater ultimately the pick, but don't be surprised if Carolina picks a quarterback on Thursday night. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think that's something interesting. That would be an interesting storyline to say the least, especially after Sam Darnold got traded. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Okay. And then number nine, we got the Denver Broncos. This is another team. Don't be surprised if they pick a quarterback on Thursday night. They have Drew Locke. He will be entering his third year, a prove it year. They have all the pieces around him on offense. They got Cortland Sutton coming back. They got Jerry Judy. They got Noah Fant. They got Tim Patrick. They have a pretty okay offensive line. They got Melvin Gordon. Their defense is fantastic. It might be a top five defense. Could also be looking to add a linebacker on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe Micah Parsons, maybe Jeremiah Uso-Koromoa. But I have them selecting Mac Jones here at number nine. I think it could be Mac Jones or Trey Lance, whoever doesn't go number three, or any sort of quarterback here. I have them going quarterback at nine. I'm going to say Mac Jones. Yeah, well, I actually have the Broncos trading out. And I didn't want to do too many trades. I actually did, a matter of fact, only one trade. But that was the Patriots moving up. Two number nine, it's like Justin Fields, a quarterback I, I, out of I, Ohio State. I, I think if I would have had a trade, I think I think the Patriots are going to come up and get Fields on draft night. Somebody's going to come up and get Fields. I think Field. I, I mean, we've seen the rumors. Obviously, the Patriots have been um, in contact with many teams. The Falcons have been in contact with the Patriots. The, the Panthers have been contact in contact. The Lions have been in contact. Now the Broncos, of course, have been in contact. A lot of teams in contact with the New England Patriots to move up so they can get Justin Fields, a quarterback, I think it makes a lot of sense that Justin Fields will be a Patriot. I don't know what pick, but I think he will be. I, I'm I'm pretty confident in that. I think someone's going to trade up for Fields. And I'll ultimately, you know what? I think that the Broncos are going to pick a quarterback on draft night too. I really do. I'm, I think they're, they, if they get the right guy at quarterback, this is a super, they're a quarterback away. And it's the same thing with the giants who I, I think they're going to stick with Daniel Jones, but they're really a quarterback away from being a real contender. Yo, let me ask you, you have quite the busy uh, ringer. Your ringer is pretty loud, but anyway, we're moving on to number 10. We have Patrick Sertain um, going to Dallas, which, um, you know, I think there's really no arguing for. I guess, you know, obviously Jerry Jones had that quote um, saying he would like to have Kyle Pitts, but, you know, is that really going to happen? Probably not. He would need to trade up several spots and obviously – that is unlikely to happen at the moment. Um, with all the teams who are quarterback and needy, he will overpay to move up. So Dallas won't overpay. They're not as in a rush or, you know, pressure to move up, I would say. So Dallas looks to be locked in at 10. They defensive backs have main issue. They obviously lost Byron Jones last offseason. So Pat Sertain seems like the, the pick at number 10, and they would be silly not to pick him. Yeah, I have them going Sertain as well. They really need a true cornerback one. They drafted his teammate Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama last year. Looked pretty solid, but he seems best suited in the slot. I think that their secondary is the weakest part of their defense. Their offense, they're going to be fine. They drafted C.D. Lamb last year. They still have Cooper and Gallup. They have Prescott coming back. They still have Ezekiel Elliott. They have some young guys on the offensive line who had to step up and play this year, but ultimately they're going to have their studs, Martin and Tyron Smith, back healthy next year, as well as Leo Collins. So you've got to pick someone on the defensive side of the ball. Even when they had this stud offense, they were allowing 35 points points per game on the defensive side of the ball and still losing. So you really need some guy to shut down the opposing team's number one. The NFC East doesn't have 
great wide receiver ones, but you still have Kenny Galladay. You got to play two times a year. Still have Terry McLaurin and Patrick Sertain would be the right guy to have on the outside trying to lock them down. Yeah, I want to go to – I want to talk about the Giants pick. But, I mean, I don't, we're not going to touch on all 32. As a matter of fact, I think we'll end off on 16 with Arizona because, obviously, they're an interesting pick as well. Um, 11, the New York Giants getting Elijah Vera Tucker, um, for me at least. I mean, obviously, this is a really heated um, – it's, it's really kind of in the air who the Giants will get. In my opinion, look, I think, Frank, you've been pretty strong in this, um, you know, in, in chats previous with me, that the Giants um, should not reach an offensive lineman if Slater, if Sewell are gone. So if you want to trade back, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, trade back. I think Dave Gettleman will. I think Dave Gettleman's personality, I mean, you've seen, he's not for the flashiness, Dave Gettleman. He's never been. You look at his jazz history with Carolina, now with the Giants. He's drafted offensive line time and time again, defensive line time and time again. Dexter Lawrence, obviously Andrew Thomas, um, Will Hernandez, even a really, really early second round pick. Um, and now who, who last year, or Andrew Thomas last year, I meant again. So I think the Giants will go offensive line. Now, whether that's at 11 or 14, 15, you know, that's cool. Whatever, whatever it's at, it's cool. I think they will go. I just don't see the point getting a receiver when you're the 31st pass block win rate last year, only ahead of the New York Jets. And not only that, it's that um, it's the fact that you already paid Kenny Galladay 18, 19 million a year in the offseason in free agency. So you already, I mean, I know you you I feel like you should be pretty satisfied. Pick a wide receiver in the second second round, then in, in a deep receiver class. I know there's a deep offensive line class. I think the same thing can be said for receiver, though, as well. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say that the offensive line class is great. And I think that ultimately, I have them going Devontae Smith. I, I think that if he's there, that they won't pass up on him. I think Dave Gettleman has adjusted the strategy of best player available this year. I know that he didn't really do that last year, picking Andrew Thomas, which is definitely a need. But I think if Devontae Smith is ultimately on the board at number 11, there is no way that he will let the Philadelphia Eagles division rivals select Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith, you could argue, is wide receiver one in the class. The guy's absolutely fantastic. And Graf was touching on this earlier. The Giants receivers last year couldn't get separation. It was so easy for teams to play with extra safeties and extra linebackers in the blocks, blitzing guys off the edge because they know that Darius Slayton could get separation as a wide receiver one. They know that Sterling Shepard couldn't get separation. I agree, but... And I know they addressed wide receiver need in the offseason with Kenny Galladay. But if Devontae Smith is there, I wouldn't be mad as a Giants fan if they selected him. And I, I know that the Giants would do the right thing in the second round, selecting a guy like Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson or Wyatt Davis. They will go offensive line in the second round. Well, if they that's what I'm saying. Their two biggest weaknesses we can agree are wide receiver and offensive line, right? Is that and I think that, yeah, and I think that okay, adding so a right, linebacker. Let's go step by step right here. Then you look at what have they done with the offensive line this free agency. They did absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a single move. You acquired a top-tier target in Kenny Galladay, who's a top-20 wide receiver. I would say top-20, maybe top-25. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to get into whole, that to be now. Top-20, top-25 receiver. Um, And you haven't addressed the offensive line. Statistically speaking, your receiving core was slightly better at the 30th best last year compared to your, your offensive line 31st. So, I mean, it's about the same. I'm not even going to argue that. You could, whatever. But when you've already addressed, and at least, you know, you've, done some, you've wasted some resources, devoted some resources to a receiver. It only makes sense that then you put receiver in the second round. Then again, you can go second round receiver. That's perfectly okay. See, I would uh, just, I, I understand what you're saying there, but then listen to this. 
what receiver in the second round – is a receiver in the second round going to be better than Darius Slayton? I don't really know. Well, we don't know. DK Metcalf, there's been a lot of EJ like that. I mean, what Devontae Smith comes in and he's instantly the best receiver on that roster. He's better than Kenny Galladay just coming right. out, out of the class. Yeah, so, that, so then let's say, for example, is a offensive lineman in the second round going to be better than Andrew Thomas? I'm not saying Andrew Thomas. I'm know. saying any, any guy in that offensive line besides Andrew Thomas could be easily replaced by a guy in the second round. I mean, we've I've heard job scouts saying that you could get guys the even day three that could be potential. Day yeah, ones. I know, but I'm not. I don't like to do that though. See, I I, I actually do understand completely where you're going from. I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but I don't like to guess if a guy day two a day two offensive lineman is better than a day two receiver. To me, that's not my game. I'm playing. I'm playing by balancing the resources you're devoting to each position, being careful, not going out and being like, okay, we have Saquon Berkeley. Uh, the Giants did this like a couple of years ago. They're like Odell Beckham Jr. We have all Saquon, Odell. We have Sterling Shepard. Oh, we're so good now. Offense was still bad because you know what? They had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So it's like to me, what are we doing? What are we doing? You try the experiment already where you have an elite running back, elite receiver. Um, it didn't work. It didn't work. Simply put, they have to learn to win in the trenches. I don't give a shit that they drafted an offensive lineman last. I don't, I really don't. Cause you know why Dallas had to like, like you said earlier, like the four or five years in a row, whatever it was, I don't know the exact number, but it was, it was a lot of consecutive years of offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And look what happened. They had Zeke. Um, they had a couple years where the, with Tony Romo and then with Dak Prescott, his rookie year where they had the best offensive line in football by a mile. That's the type of thing you want to build with the New York giants. Um, Look, maybe you can adjust a receiver next year then. Look, I think this year is not the time to be doing that. I don't know. Or, tra- or, trade, or trade up. How about how, – or trade up for Rashawn Slater, which nobody's talking about. If you want – or trade up. Be aggressive and get Rashawn Slater then. I ultimately think that they're going to go Smith, but let's move we'll, on. We'll see. We're sure. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I think Philly would go Smith or Waddle if they're both there. They really need a true wide receiver one. But ultimately, I think I have both those guys off the board. So I have Philly going with J.C. Horn from South Carolina at number 12. Yeah, I have the Eagles at Devontae Smith. I mean, really nothing to talk about here. Um, they're the going Eagles, wide receiver or cornerback, right? Eagles organization that was just so fucked that I honestly don't know what they're doing, Frank. I don't they know. Pick a quarterback. People are saying if there's a quarterback there and they like him, they might they might pick a quarterback. They have For no all we know, they might they're in trouble right now. They might be going with Trey Lance. Like, dude, who even knows? This organization right now is just in, in shambles. It really is. And it's sad to see. Not sad, actually. Actually, not really that sad. But the 13th overall pick, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. Or not we, but I have the Los Angeles Chargers selecting Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Um, he's a guy who um, once, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I've watched hours of film. I just go off position, and I think you, you, they, the Chargers desperately need to tackle. They obviously adjust the center spot with Corey Lindsley, but having somebody on the edge um, is me vital to Herbert's success in year two. Yeah, so I have Darisol or Vera Tucker. Ultimately, I think they're going to go either way here. Um, they need to protect Justin Herbert. And I, another thing that I would like to add in is I say same thing. If, if Smith or Waddle is here and they fall, they are going to pick one of them. I don't. I know that they need offensive line, but if Smith or Waddle fall, wow. they will end up picking one of them. See, the thing is, you were really high on Devontae Smith, but like, the thing is, 
I think that in the NFL draft, it's been shown NBA draft. You have to go with, with um, best player because it's positionless basketball nowadays. NFL, I think you still go need because you don't know if that guy will even pan out the guy you want at the best player. The best player really necessarily doesn't want pan out all the time. I'd rather go with the guy who can fill a potential need than a guy who, you know, could just be a great player for you, could be a transcendent player, but might end up not even working out because I mean, to me, it depends. Let's say you have Smith ranked as the number six overall prospect on your big board, right? And he falls to you at number 13 and he's in your lap. And let's say you have Darisol at number 20. And let's say you have Vera Tucker at 15. Well, let me tell you something. The Bears and Mitch Trubisky in their big board over Pat Mahomes. So I would never trust a big board in an NFL team. Yes, but that's not how they're they're operating. That's not that how yeah. they're operating. You know what I would do if I was an NFL team? I would listen to the opposite of my big board because they've been so wrong over the years that I would rather just listen to the opposite of what my big board is. A lot of teams have struck on drafts. Look at the Saints, for example. They've nailed drafts. Well, the Saints have been perfect. But I'm talking about like the teams. Who, like I think the Lions should heavily, heavily consider just doing the opposite of what their board says. I'm not even getting it. It will work. It's, so it's, I'm going to have the Chargers go Vera Tucker here, though. Okay, okay. Fair enough. All, All right, right. So 14. We got 14. Minnesota, right? Yeah, I, I have Minnesota getting Jalen Phillips, obviously the edge out of Miami. Um, I think, I mean, there's like, so I, what is the, what are the knocks in him as a prospect? Because he was supposed uh, to. Be- a lot of concussions. That's the problem. And there's some character concerns with him as well. But he's by far so- the most talented edge rusher in their class. The thing is with the Vikings is Daniel Hunter, their edge rusher, sat out last season, wants out, don't know how that's going to happen. And they also need help with the offensive line, so I won't be surprised. They went for a guy like T- Darisol, Vera Tucker, or even Tevin Jenkins there either. But I think Phillips, if he's there, I think Phillips could even go top 10, maybe even number 11 of the Giants if he's there. That's how talented of a it is. A lot edge. of people say that some team will fall in love with him, and then they'll pick him early, then he should go. And I think the Vikings could be a candidate for a team who, who falls in love with him. I could see that. I could see that. I, like I said, if you be, if you really believe, right, that's what it comes down to in the drafts. If you really believe that Jalen Phillips could be this next Joey Bosa, Chase Young type talent off the edge, and he's there, pick him. Because I could see the Giants. I could see this for the Giants, right? They don't really have a true edge. They have Leonard Williams, who's an interior pass rusher. They have Dexter Lawrence on the interior. But they that's need, they need a true edge. And what if J- what if they really believe in Jalen Phillips? What if they really buy into him? Same thing with Minnesota. Pick him then, because if he turns out, he pans out, he's good. And I right. believe if there's anybody that's going to help Jalen Phillips develop as a player and as a man, I think that Mike Zimmer would be the guy. Right. For a guy who's so who, – who, for a guy who stresses offensive line time and time again, you're quite the guy who hates drafting offensive linemen. You don't want the Bengals to get Sewell. You don't want the Giants to get – No, no, I want the Bengals to get Sewell. I don't think they will get Sewell. Okay, okay. But, I mean, I mean, come on, man. We have – I'm – I'm just an offensive line guy. I just know they're how I'm picking Phillips here as well. So no, I'm, but I'm no, I'm saying with the, um, cause who did you just bring up? You just brought up another team, how they can possibly, you just brought up a team, how they can possibly um, I said the possibly the giant. Exactly. And then, I mean, you have the whole thing with the, the, you know, the, the Bengals and that's just, I mean, that's interesting to say at least, but all right. Yeah. Moving on to, you know, 15, Micah Parsons. They're um, not. They're not picking here at fifteen. Well, listen, wait. This is like this is my dumb trade, right? They're not picking here at fifteen. They're trading yeah. up for quarterback. Well, no, I have the Bengals here. I do. I have the Bengals here at fifteen. Um, Bengals. Oh wait, 
<laughs> the Broncos, excuse me, the Broncos at 15 here, um, okay. trading up for Micah Parsons, or trading down yeah. for Micah Parsons. This, this would make it's sense. It's a trade I made earlier with Fields going nine to the Patriots and then 15 yeah. Broncos on Micah Parsons. So I have the Patriots picking a linebacker if they stay here. Um, I think that they could. Ooh, they that's, could that's, that would be questionable. They could go with a guy like Jalen Phillips as well if he's here. Um, but I, if I still have Justin Fields not being picked yet. So Justin Fields for this sake of the mock draft, but they're not going to be picking a 15 come draft night. You, Justin Fields, are going pretty far down, I would say. But, um, yeah, it's, that's why I, I think I trade. See, and funny. And if I had trades, Justin Fields is not falling out of the top 10. Yeah, and I, and for, for, yeah, if I have more trades, Trey Lance and mine is not going number 20 to the, to the Bears. It's just that I didn't want to make a lot of trades, but Trey Lance, there's, they're all going in the top 15, I would say. I would say top 12, but yeah, sim- very yeah. similar. And okay. Frank, go ahead with your hot take for number 16. Yeah, this is the Arizona Cardinals. They're another team who I think could draft defense. They really need it. Um, could get a guy like J.C. Horn potentially on the outside if he's available. But they're going to pick an offensive guy. They're picking a playmaker. I think that the Cardinals come see draft night might be picking at number seven overall and might be picking Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Ultimately, I have them staying at 16 here because I don't have any trades, and I have them selecting running back Najee Harris from Alabama. It's a stupid pick. Picking running backs inside the first round is stupid, but I have them picking Najee Harris here. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is going to do anything in his power to get Kyler Murray as many weapons as offense as possible and try and be an elite top five offense this year. And that's why I've been picking Harris. Yeah, I think that you're right because you hear what the, the Arizona Cardinals GM has to say. You hear what Cliff Kingsbury has to say. And they all stress that we want to give Kyler as much weapons as possible on his rookie contract. Yeah. While, while they can have the, because this is probably the best offense you can build around Kyler in his career. And it's just the truth. Like, it's going to be the best offense he's yeah, had. Eventually, you're going to have to pay what, Kyler? How much money? $40, $50 million. I mean, it's going to be crazy what these guys yeah. are going to be getting paid nowadays. So, build, so surround the guy with the most weapons possible on the rookie contract is what the belief is for Arizona and what they want to do, which is, I think it's, I think it's reasonable. But running back, it, it is kind of weird, but. Look, I don't mind it. You know, whatever. If they actually did, if this does pan out and they end up winning 12 games and everyone will call him a genius. And, um, you know, look, I think you have to just try. I mean, I don't, you don't actually, you don't have to trust Cliff Kingsbury. I, I, I'm, I correct that, but I don't know. I, th- I think Najee Harris um, will end up going to the Cardinals if they do not trade um, up, which could happen. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing, they're going to pick some sort of offensive guy. We know it's offensive. By the way, this is predictions. It's not what we would pick. Um, can't just said enough, but um, that's me. The end of it. We're not gonna do the the 17th or 32 unless you want to have a couple guys who are, you know, who are very notable names who you have in the 17th or 32 range. To me, I have like Rashad Bateman going 19 to the football team, which is a pretty notable name. JC Horn going to the Jets at 23. Um, and a couple more. I think Christian Barmore falling away to the 32 to the the Bucks, which would be interesting. And you know what I've been hearing, Frank, is that the Ravens could package 27 and 31 to move up to like 15 for a receiver. Yeah, I, I, I very likely see that. They have two picks that are inside of the – I think they have 27 and 31, but right? Yeah, 27 and 31. So yeah, they're, they're not going to be picking there. They're not going to be picking either. There's a no way. And uh, there's going to be a lot of receivers that come off the board late first round. Um, I think the Packers team very likely, the Saints, Kadarius Tooney, uh, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, a lot of guys are going to be going late first round receiver-wise, Rashad Bateman, Terrence Marshall Jr. I think there might be eight to ten receivers selected in the first round this year. Yeah, for sure. And All I right. think the Bears at number 20, um, this is a pick I have. I have them selecting Kellen Mond. I think uh, six quarterbacks, oh, seven, maybe seven quarterbacks yeah. go in the first round. That's unreal. All right, we'll end it on that. We'll end it on with that. 
This is the last podcast until the draft happens. So um, we're going to recap of the draft on Friday. Um, that's a meet though. There was no graph today. Graph had, it, it was a funny story, but uh, um, second try a podcast pretty much. But without further ado, um, I don't know, but I, all right, let's just end this. <laughs> Peace guys.